Hey everybody, this is Tanya. Tonight's episode is about mental health and therapy. I wanted to do this episode because I've noticed lately that the conversation regarding mental health is starting to grow. Um, We're starting to see more mental health clinics opening up. We're starting to hear more about different mental health therapies and advances. And we're starting to see mental health becoming more mainstream and not quite as taboo as it has been in past decades. There used to be a time where mental health issues was something that you didn't disclose and any type of treatment that you were seeking, you did it relatively private and it wasn't something that you would openly discuss in conversation, such as having a chronic illness like high blood pressure or diabetes where you will meet many people who also share those diagnoses. But with mental health issues and mental illness, it seemed to be something that um, was a bit shameful and even embarrassing for some people to admit that they had or to admit that a loved one had. Um, You know, some of us, when we were little, we had family members that were mentally ill and these family members were a lot of times secluded from the rest of the family for fear of scaring the children who may not understand the mental issues that are taking place, um, for fear of not being able to interact with the rest of the family in a normal manner. So they were kind of, you know, um, kept to themselves and, and put in a back room, back bedroom and, you know, grandma would take their dinner to them and they would just basically be by themselves and the rest of the family would be fellowshipping together. And, you know, for a long time, mental health was not something that even health insurance would adequately cover. And so a lot of advances throughout the years regarding mental health have been made. And I'm very excited about this because I have friends who struggle with mental illness. And some of these friends have struggled with mental illness for decades. And they are now feeling more open to discuss some of their struggles without fear of being ostracized or fear of being judged for uh, the mental health challenges that they are dealing with. So I wanted to talk about that, but I also wanted to talk about therapy. And I wanted to talk about therapy because therapy has always been stigmatized, especially in the black community. In the black community, we were always kind of led to believe, some of us were kind of led to believe that if you were seeking therapy, it was because you did not have a relationship with the Lord. Because as, as black people, we pray. We pray and, and that is our way of overcoming mental health challenges was to pray and allow God to heal us. And we know that God can definitely heal the mind. So we're not saying that that's not possible, but I also believe that God has placed therapists on this earth to help us with the tools necessary to facilitate that healing process. And so 
I went through a very traumatic event back in 2013 that I will discuss in a di- in another podcast for another day. But um, I went through a very difficult, traumatic event in 2013 dealing with my health. And after everything was said and done, I felt a tremendous amount of grief and I felt a tremendous amount of shame because of this particular situation. And one of the things that I lacked was I lacked adequate counsel from my pastor at that time and also from my friends at that time because I was the only person who had experienced this particular situation. And so I did not have anyone that could really relate to me. So I felt very alone. And even though I talked to my pastor, he was limited really in the amount of help and counsel that he could provide. He did his best. I will say that he did the best he could, but there were just some areas dealing with this situation that he just wasn't really able to counsel me through. And so I I won't, I won't lie. There were moments where I felt like I was going crazy. There were moments where I felt like I was going to lose my mind. There were moments where I actually truly felt like I needed to be in a mental health facility because I was just so grief stricken and devastated by just the entire ordeal of this particular health situation. And so that was five years ago. Of course, I prayed and, you know, continued to um, ask the Lord to heal my heart, my mind. You know, my body was healed, but I needed my heart and my mind to heal. And outside of that, you know, nobody ever suggested therapy. Nobody ever suggested counseling. Nobody. And so that wasn't even on my radar, honestly. And it's crazy. Because, you know, at my employer, we have a employee assistance program that provides free counseling for three sessions. And so I had access to this benefit and I could have used it. But for some reason, I, I didn't consider I never thought about it. Honestly, back then, I, I, when I think back, I, I don't I don't think therapy ever crossed my mind during that time. And nobody ever suggested it. Nobody ever um planted that seed in my mind, that suggestion of possibly seeking that out. So fast forward to 2018, and I was dealing with a situation earlier this year where some very unhealthy emotions started to surface. And at this point in time, my mind is is more open to... um, clinical and medical types of treatments because, you know, sometimes in the Christian community, people feel if you don't access your healing by faith, then you're not truly trusting God with your healing. And so when people seek medicinal methods of treatment, they feel as though they are, are failures because they didn't allow divine healing to take place in their body. I firmly believe that God can heal through surgery, through medicine, through other treatments, that it doesn't always happen divinely and supernaturally, although we would like for it to. It doesn't always happen that way. But 
I believe that God created surgeons and physicians and other clinical professionals. I believe that. We know that Apostle Luke was a physician. And so he walked with Jesus and he was a physician. And so I do believe that God placed physicians on the earth and Jesus references physicians uh, in his teachings. And so therefore, I do believe that physicians have a divine assignment on this earth and I would never minimize that. So God can heal through various methods and techniques and people. So I decided back in February of this year, after this particular situation where unhealthy emotions started to surface, I had gone through a lot of personal trauma in 2017, dealing with the ending of some longtime relationships that I thought um, that I didn't see coming. I honestly did not predict or foresee that these situations were going to happen. And so um, some unhealthy emotions really started to develop and they just kind of came to to a head back in January. So in February, I really prayed about it and I thought, you know what, maybe I need to talk to somebody about this and somebody who has some tools that can really help me because I, I didn't really have access to a spiritual leader to help me with these situations. So I decided maybe I need to talk to a counselor, preferably a Christian counselor, because some of the traumatic events I've dealt with, even in the last five years since that initial one, have been church related. And so I wanted a counselor that could understand things from a spiritual and natural perspective and not only and not just a natural perspective. And so I found a Christian counseling agency in my city. And they had all of the counselors listed with a brief bio in the areas that they specialize in because some of them specialize in children. Some of them specialize in certain areas such as divorce, depression, anxiety. Some of them only counseled married couples. Some of them only counseled families. So, you know, I had to be selective as to who I was going to choose, but I really believe the Lord led me to um, this one counselor who specialized in life change issues as part of her um, a part of her list of, of, of areas that she counseled in. I had gone through several life changes <laughs> physically, mentally, and emotionally, and so I really wanted to talk to someone who dealt with that particular area. And so I proceeded to call the agency. I got, um, I got, you know, in touch with their secretary, the counselor that I selected. She is in high demand, (laughs) of course. And so the appointment, um, that I made the soonest appointment that I could make was about three weeks away. I really wanted to talk to somebody sooner, but I went ahead and made the appointment. I went ahead and set that appointment. So that put me like at the end of March. In the meantime, I decided to explore some options. I had another friend of mine suggested a counselor, a Christian counselor that she had seen. And um, she gave me this person's information. So I contacted them and the person's information she gave me actually did not work for this agency anymore. But 
the counselor who owned it was still operating the business. And so um, I made an appointment with her. And she could see me, um, I think, that same week. And so I, I jumped on that opportunity. I went to this appointment and it was an hour long session. I enjoyed it for the most part, but it kind of turned from a counselor patient relationship to like two girlfriends talking over coffee. And I really didn't like that dynamic because I really wanted some counsel. I mean, you know, that's what I'm seeking. I'm not seeking for you to relate to me. I'm not seeking for you to share all of your own life woes and things of that nature. And so it kind of got a, a kind of wasn't my cup of tea. So I went to that appointment, but I did not book another appointment after that. I went ahead and paid her my copay for that visit and I left it at that. And I went ahead and just decided to wait out the initial appointment that I had made at the Christian Counseling Agency, the first one I called. So I went to that appointment, which was about two weeks later. I went to that appointment and from the moment that her and I started talking, I knew I was in the right place. I knew that God had led me to the right counselor to help me with my particular issues. I've been seeing her now for the past, going on seven months. And through these sessions, I have gained so much strength to be able to overcome a lot of the traumas, tragedies, a lot of the shame and guilt and other strongholds that I have been struggling with. And she has worked with me in a range of areas in my life. And I have just been blessed. I consider her to be family. <laughs> She's been a blessing to my life. And I'm telling this story because I want to encourage anybody out there who has been toying with the idea of getting counseling, who has been struggling with it because maybe you're afraid of what people will think or how people will perceive you or um, if you're not sure if it's really going to be effective in your life. I know that counselors and therapists have had a bad name in the past. They've been called shrinks and quacks and everything else. And, and some people are just very skeptical when it comes to therapy and whether it's really effective or not. Some people believe that therapists are going to brainwash you and, and, you know, try to, <laughs> Uh, really mess up your thinking and, and have you really out there. But I can reassure you that therapists, the right therapists would never do that to you. Um, they're not trying to brainwash you. They just, they basically give you a different perspective. And it helps because when you're talking to people who know you, they're already biased and they already have an opinion and they already, you know, they already are, they're, they're connected to you. They're already connected to you. They love you. They care for you. So it's hard to give an unbiased, objective opinion to somebody that you care about. Also, the people that you're close to have heard your story a million times. And they have counseled you every way that they know how. So at this point, you've kind of exhausted them, even though they, they won't say that. You've exhausted them. And they're kind of at a place where they don't really know what else to tell you. And so you want to go to a therapist because they are unbiased. They're completely outside of your situation. They don't know you. They don't know the people involved. 
They don't, they don't feel like you're putting them in the middle of something because they don't know anybody. They don't even know you. They're getting to know you. And so that helps them to give a clear perspective because they're not biased. They're not biased towards you. They're not biased towards the people that you're having issues with. You know, they're completely outside. They don't know anybody. They're completely outside of that. And so it's very helpful to talk to somebody who is outside of the situation and not someone that you go to church with, someone you work with, somebody you're friends with, somebody in your family. It's good to have somebody that's completely outside of those circles because then they can give you a perspective that's not going to just automatically lean towards you or lean towards the other person that's involving. They're not taking sides. And so if you're toying with the idea of getting of getting counseling, I just strongly encourage you to look into it, to at least look into it, to at least explore it because you're not less of a Christian because you're going to a counselor. You're not less of a believer. You don't um, have a deficiency in your faith in God, but you're opening your heart to the possibility that God can use someone to help you get to that place of healing that he's trying to take you to. And so I just want to give you like some tips, some things that I've learned in my, my therapy journey, (laughs) some things I think that would help you is first and foremost, if you do have insurance, you definitely want to check into your mental health benefits. I had never, and I've had this insurance, I've had insurance. I've been working for my employer for 17 years now, almost 18. And never once have I ever tapped into mental health uh, benefits. Like I said, my employer has an employee assistance program. It's three sessions. You contact that particular office and they set you up with a counselor for three free sessions. So no insurance is necessary for that. But you definitely want to check your mental health benefits to see how much it's going to cost you, you know, as far as a copay, how many, is there a limit to the number of sessions you can attend? All of these things will help you in uh, choosing the right counselor because different counselors charge different rates. If you go to like a resident counselor or somebody that is like a, a training counselor, their rates are generally a lot cheaper because they're training, they're students, they're learning, they're getting practice in, getting those clinical hours in so that they can graduate. So those counselors are a lot less expensive. But if you're going to a licensed clinical therapist, one that has been board certified, has completed all of their training, they're going to be um, significantly more expensive. So you want to check your rates, you know I mean, I'm sorry, your insurance to make sure that you have adequate coverage and how much each visit will cost you up front. Also, depending on your belief system, not everybody's a Christian, so I'm not suggesting everybody get a Christian counselor. I got one because of my faith and because of some of the situations I was dealing with. Make sure you find out what areas your counselor, your therapist specializes in because You don't want to go to a counselor that does not specialize in your particular area of need. You want to go to, if you're going through a divorce, then then go to a counselor that helps divorcees. If you are a parent and you want counseling for yourself and for your child, 
Go to a counselor that specializes in both adult and child counseling. If you are grieving a loved one, a loss of some kind, go to a counselor that works with grieving people because the tools that they give you in all these different areas are going to vary. And so you want to make sure that you're going to the right person. If you are not a Christian, if you if that's not your thing, then of course there's plenty of, of licensed therapists out there that are just traditional therapists that are not, you know, uh, trained in any type of area of spiritual counsel. They're, they're strictly counselors, licensed clinical therapists. And so um, you definitely want to take that into consideration. Um, I chose a female counselor. It just so happened, actually, there's only two female counselors at the agency that I go to. And this particular female counselor specialized in the area I needed help in. I do have female friends that have male counselors and they love them. So, you know, it's up to you to choose whether you want a counselor that's of the same gender. If you are dealing with some gender specific issues, some female challenges, male challenges, then, you know, you may want to talk to someone who can, who can relate to what you're going through and some of the challenges you're, you're dealing with. But again, I, I have female friends that have male counselors. I've heard of men that go to female counselors. So it really just depends on what you need help in. And so, you know, gender is not a big concern, but it could be for someone also, um, with my particular counselor on the first session, the first session, you're going to be doing a lot of talking <laughs> and they're going to be doing a lot of writing because they're getting to know you. They're building up. You're laying a foundation at this point. You're laying a foundation. They're getting to know you. You're getting to know them. It's a time for them to, you know, gauge where you are, but also a time for you to decide whether you like their style of counsel, whether you like their personality, if you guys will be a good fit. And so some places will give you a free session just so that you can, you know, see if it'll work for you. But most places, even the first session, you know, may cost you. And so it gives you an opportunity. So don't be thrown if you go to your first counseling session and they're not really saying a lot to you. It's because they're getting to know you. They're listening so you'll be doing a lot of talking and letting them know, you know, why you're there, what you hope to gain from this, what you expect from them. And then they will talk to you about themselves and their methods of, of treatment, their methods of, of therapy. And then you can decide if that's right for you. So the first session is everyone getting to know each other. Now, the frequency of sessions varies. In the beginning of my sessions, I went weekly until we had established like a relationship and built a foundation. But after that, I started going bi-weekly and that's the current schedule that I'm on is bi-weekly. My goal is to get to a place where I only come once a month. And so, because I do love counseling, I love going to therapy, but I also want to make sure that I get to a place where I don't depend on it for the rest of my life. I want to get to a place where I just come in for an occasional tune-up. If I'm going through a, a difficult circumstance, I can make an appointment, go in, sit down and talk. Or, you know, just check in once a month just to let my counselor know how I'm doing, how things are going. 
but I love my counselor so much. I want to keep her in my life. <laughs> so I definitely want to continue to see her. But the frequency, of course, will, you know, will change over time. And then I may go through a season that's particularly difficult and I might need to go back to weekly sessions. You just never know. So the frequency will vary and it really will just depend on you and um, your particular situation and how much work needs to be done. My sessions last an hour. I think most counseling sessions last an hour. I don't think 30 minutes is really enough time for you to really sit down and have a, a fruitful conversation. But I think an hour is good. But even th there are times even that hour just seems to fly by. <laughs> it seems to just fly by and you look up and it's like, wow, my hour is up and it feels like I just sat down. And so um, one hour, I believe, is adequate. 30 minutes is definitely not long enough. Some of your sessions may be great. You may leave there feeling empowered, ready, prepared, equipped, and all of that. And then some of your sessions may be really sad. I've had sessions where I just cry through most of the session. And my therapist, as compassionate as she is, she would just kind of hold me or, you know, um, sit with me and just kind of help me through it. But then there are other sessions where I leave there like, yes, you know, I'm ready. I feel better. I've had some, some breakthroughs, some triumphs. I've, you know, I've had a great week. I've taken these tools. They've worked in my favor. I'm feeling like I'm getting closer to that place of, of, of victory. So your sessions will vary. Just because you have a sad session doesn't mean it's a bad session. It's just that maybe some emotions that needed to come out came out. And so... Every session is different. I never go in expecting, you know, what session, what the session is going to be like. I go in with an open mind and just praying that I leave, you know, feeling better than I did when I came in. But there were some days where I left <laughs> not feeling better. Um, but, you know, you go through different seasons and different levels of emotions when you're when you're in this journey. And so sometimes the state of mind you walk in there with will um, kind of determine the state of mind you will walk out of there with. <laughs> and um, so, you know, um, your counselor will ask you questions. Sometimes these questions will be very thought-provoking. They will definitely provoke you to think. They will provoke you to reassess. They will um, provoke you to evaluate. But these questions are very important, and they're going to help you on your journey. Um, your therapist will also give you some definitions, some terms. The first podcast I ever did was called Enmeshment. I learned that terminology in therapy because of the relationships that I had with people at my old church. I didn't realize that there was an element of dysfunction in it. And so I didn't have a word to describe it. And she gave that to me, Enmeshment. And that thing really stuck with me and still does. And that's what I titled my first podcast, Enmeshment. So you're going to leave there with some new definitions, some new terminology. You're going to leave there um, with a much more clear perspective. And also for me, I did not share with people initially that I was going to therapy only because I wanted to make sure that this was going to work for me. I wanted to make sure that I, I felt good about therapy before going around and telling the whole world I, I'm go, I go to therapy. You know, I didn't share it with anyone at first because I wanted to kind of see how it was going to go. 
it has been a tremendous success. And so I opened up actually to um, the team that I work with for the, the online women's ministry that I'm a part of. I opened up to them first to let them know that I was going to therapy. And the amazing part about it was there was no shame in it at all. I had reached my po- a breaking point in my life where I knew I needed help. And so I wasn't even ashamed. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, this is what I need to do so that I can be the healthiest version of me that I can be. But the great thing that happened was once I opened up and shared with them some of my struggles and my plan, two of my followership team members, that's what we call ourselves, followership team. Two of my team members started going to counseling themselves. They started going to therapy. They took their children to therapy. They started doing family therapy and individual therapy. So me sharing my story actually opened up a conversation and gave them the comfort that they needed to pursue this as well. One thing I've learned is that people don't openly outright talk about going to therapy. But if you provide a segue in conversation, then you'll have a lot of people that will open up and share with you that they are either considering therapy or are currently in therapy. But because therapy is stigmatized, they don't generally share that with people. And so once you open up that conversation, it lets them know, you know what? There's, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. And I'm not the only one. You know, sometimes we always feel like we're the only one going through situations, the only one having to deal with this or that. But when you open up and share your story, it lets people know, you know what? I'm not the only one. And now I don't feel bad because there are other people like me that also are seeking help for mental issues, emotional issues, trauma, um, tragedy, grief, loss. You know, there are people that are going through these situations just like me and I'm not alone. So in the beginning, you may not be so apt to to share with people you're in therapy because you're still trying to fill it out and get comfortable. But once you do, I encourage that, you know, you share it to those that are close to you so that they will know, you know, what what's happening in your life. But also in case they have questions, maybe they've been thinking about it and they just didn't know who to talk to. You could be that person that could really help them on their journey, just like I'm doing this podcast to help you on yours. You could be that person to help someone else on their journey to mental healing, emotional healing. And so, you know, don't allow yourself to feel ashamed or embarrassed because there are millions of people that are that are pursuing, pursuing therapy. I promise you there are. It is very, very widespread. And hey, I told you, my therapist stays booked. I have to book my appointments months out just to make sure I get her because she stays very busy. So obviously there is a a population of people that utilize mental health services. Don't be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. And so um, definitely share with others so that they can get the help that they need. Now, as far as actual mental illness, and when I say mental illness, I'm talking about things like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, and other mental health issues, uh, 
you know, personality disorders, you know, things of that nature. Those um, are definitely on a clinical level. Usually these people require more than just counsel. Usually they require things such as uh, medication and other therapies to help them. They may even require group therapies, individual therapies, and like I said, other techniques that are used to treat these particular uh, illnesses. Of course, you want to make sure that you see someone that's got, you know, that's like I said, a licensed clinical therapist, because not all therapists are clinical. Some therapists are strictly counseling. That's all they do. They don't prescribe meds. They don't uh, do any type of psychiatric care. They only do counseling. That's all they do. So a clinical therapist has clinical training in mental health illness, as well as just, you know, mental health other mental health issues. And so if you're a person that's dealing with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, severe depression, or something of that nature, then you definitely want to see someone with a clinical background because you may require more than just counsel. You may need medication. You may need some other treatment options that, um, that would be available through a clinically trained counselor. So I hope that these tools helped you guys tonight. And um, I can tell that I've grown tremendously since seeing my therapist. And I've overcome some obstacles that I thought I would never overcome. I've, I've dealt with some pain that I, I, I thought would always be there. And I've gotten stronger. I've gotten more courageous. I have... Um, grown closer to God through, you know, through going to my therapist and, and what have you. And so I encourage all of you to pursue it. I encourage all of you to explore it, at least open your mind to the possibility, at least consider it, at least consider it. And so I hope that this was a blessing to you all tonight. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful evening and be blessed.